Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today, we're taking you through the best bits of What I Know For Sure by Oprah Winfrey, the talk show host, the media executive, the actress, and the billionaire philanthropist that we all know. When you think of juggernauts, uh, it's pretty hard to go past Oprah. Billions of people that have watched her shows, billions of dollars that she's accumulated and then is giving out to other people. You know, you get a car, you get a car. Unfortunately, we didn't get a car, but we got a book out of it, What I Know For Sure. Yeah. But if you look at Oprah's journey over the decades, it's been a pretty wild one. She, you know, started not with much and she is who she is today. But on the journey, she's obviously had a lot of things she's learned along the way. And where she gets the inspiration of this book title was one day when she was being interviewed by the Chicago Sun-Times and the interviewer asked her, tell me, what do you know for sure, Oprah? It was a question that was totally unexpected at the time. She was used to all the... I guess the normal, quote unquote, the normal questions that she got every interview, but this one really caught her off guard and she had a pretty dodgy crack at a weak answer. In fact, she says it wasn't really an answer in the end, but even just that question prompted her to be thinking about this question ever since, ever since she's been asking herself, what do I know for sure? So she's been searching through her soul, sitting up late, waking up early, trying to figure out the answer to all these questions, you know, all the fundamental things that matter to everyone's life, things like joy, resilience, or connection, gratitude, and possibility. And what she discovered over 14 years of writing about this subject is that when you really know something for sure, you like you really, really know something without a shadow of a doubt, it just stands the test of time. So, there's a whole bunch of things that Oprah knows for sure and we're going to share with you some of the biggest, some of those juggers. We're going to talk about awe, we're going to talk about resilience and we're going to talk about possibility. If you focus on your breath for a moment, just place your hands on your stomach and feel it expand as you inhale, then let it contract and deflate as you exhale. Now, this cycle of breath, it happens 720 times an hour, more than 17,000 times a day. And it's doing all this without you even thinking about it. Similar thing with your heart, right? It's going 144,000 times a day at a heart rate of 100 beats per minute. So your body is doing all these things and it's an absolute biological wonder that your heart is pumping the blood around your body, your lungs are taking in all these oxygen and sometimes we just take it for granted. Well, obviously, we never really think about that our, our brain is sending these electrical signals to tell the heart to pump, to tell your, your lungs to inhale and exhale. Uh, what Your body is taking that oxygen, putting it inside the blood, sending it around to all your muscles. You don't think of that at all. Your oh. body is just this amazing uh, engineering masterpiece, and it's just wild that we're, that we're here. Absolutely. You can imagine if you, your heart just one day just said, nah, that'll do it. Oh, well, yeah, that's it. You probably never thanked your heart and said, keep going, brother. Just keep going. <laughs> But one day it just stops and then that's that's it. That's done. Yeah, that's when you're done. Life is an absolute miracle. That's what that's what Oprah knows for sure. That's what we know for sure. Uh, no matter how you came to be, uh, whether it was uh, intentional that you wanted that someone wanted you to be here, or whether you're an accident, like Oprah says that she was, just being here is just just awesome. It is. So it doesn't matter what you go through, right? Everyone's got their own stories of redemption, joy, and light, but also sorrow and and loss. But it doesn't matter how low you go, you always can remember just that life is a miracle. Oprah tells the story of there was a mother on her show, uh, the big, what was it called? The Oprah Show, the Oprah Winfrey Show. Oprah Winfrey Show. Yeah, Oprah Winfrey Show. <laughs> I just know it's, it's just it's just one of the, you know, it's like just, just Jesus, you know, she's just Oprah. Uh, that she had a, a person on her show, she had a woman who was a mother of a 26-year-old uh, boy, her son, who passed away from cancer so young. 
And she said that the last words he said was, oh, mom, it's all so simple. Life is so simple. She also says that Steve Jobs, his famous last words were just, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. He was just uh, mystified in awe of the, I guess, the beauty and the miracle of life. One way you could look at those reactions at the final seconds of your life, um, they might be looking back and thinking how they made their paths much more difficult than they needed to be. You know, we struggle with and resist a lot of the things that entangle us in life and we're in such constant chaos and frustration when in reality, it could have just been so simple all along. There's a few simple things. First, we've got Isaac Newton's laws of motion, the third law for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. He said that a couple of hundred years ago, but then a couple of thousand years ago, we had the, the golden rule written down, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's like quite a, I guess it is quite simple. That's the only way you need to be. That's the only way you need to think. Um, for Oprah, that's the, the golden rule and that's how she acts is that if, if you just boiled down life to that one simple thing, treat others well so you can be treated well as well, we can probably remove some of that chaos and frustration and all the, the busyness and the stress that we get tangled up in and just realize actually, it's kind of simple. Mm. So Oprah, if you've seen her show, she's a, she's a spiritual person and uh, she takes that Newton's law to a level beyond to other people and that's just to do with the universe, right? Like we need to align our energy with the source of all energies and keep our frequency tuned into the energy of love and uh, if that's your life's work, then mystery solves. Mate, are you always tuned into the energy of love? I think if you get tuned into the energy of love, then life's very simple. Is it? I don't really know what it means, but <laughs> if you just tune in. You just tune, tune in, mate. If you adjust just your frequency radio. and your vibration to the energies, then that's all you need to do. Mate, if anyone knows how to just change that dial, <laughs> we're all ears. But I well, there's one, there's one way to do it. One way to do it is a little bit of gratitude. That's right. That's <laughs> exactly right. A little bit of gratitude. Oprah says that gratitude is something that, that can help you adjust that frequency. For, for her, she kept a gratitude diary every single day uh, from pretty much, you know, from her teenage years through to 1996, where every day she'd write down things that she was grateful for. But then life got busy. Obviously, Oprah got very busy. Her schedule was overwhelmed. The, the habit of writing that gratitude diary started slipping away. But then a few decades later, she stumbled upon her gratitude diary and started flicking through it and wondering why she'd stopped doing it all this time. Yeah, and she realized since 1996 when she stopped, she'd got loaded with cash, right? The Winfrey show just blew up. She had been given all sorts of opportunities, responsibilities, possessions. She had loads of shit going on and grown exponentially. Everything has been going through the roof except her happiness. And she was wondering how the hell is she had all these options, opportunities, cash in the bank, but found herself less happy. And what she realized is she was stretched in so many directions and wasn't feeling much of anything and she was just too busy doing. Yeah, she was so busy doing that she was never actually being, she never took time to be happy. She never, she was always focused on what's the next big interview I'm going to do or what's the next big giveaway I'm going to do or what's the next big person I can help out in whatever way. But she wasn't actually thinking, uh, my goodness, this is incredible. How much have I been grateful for in, in my whole life to get from where I was to where I am now? And she realized that since she'd stopped doing that daily habit of writing down the things she was grateful for, she, didn't, she wasn't really grateful for anything anymore. So the big difference is when she's the happiest she can be in tuning into the radio frequency pocket dial of the universe, she had made gratitude her daily priority. So she went through the day looking for things to be grateful for and all of a sudden these moments would show up and 
you know, sometimes we get so focused on the difficulty of the climb, we just keep going, going, going that we lose sight of being grateful for just simply having a mountain to climb in the first place. Yeah, sometimes if you're too busy looking up to the top of the mountain and going step by step trying to get over those boulders, you never take a quick stop to have a breath, have a look around, look at the view, look at how high you've climbed, look at how grateful you've been for whoever helped you up that journey. So for Oprah, she realized that she's got to get back to this daily habit of being grateful. There was a list of stuff in the book that she was grateful for and it was a long list. Uh, There's a few repeated things. Like She was Mm. grateful for growing her own vegetables. She was grateful for cooking her own vegetables. She was grateful for eating her own vegetables. Uh, But just like looking for those little things to be grateful for, you're going to see more and more things to be grateful for and you're going to improve your overall energy. Mate, it's interesting seeing a billionaire's gratitude journal. You'd think it'd be, you know, I'm grateful for the jet plane (laughs) flying through and just jumping into the Lambo and just having everyone just sucking off me sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sucking up to me. (laughs) You know what I was trying to get at. But um, there's all those simple things that, you know, anybody can really be grateful for. And most certainly, being grateful all the time, of course, it isn't easy. But often the times where we don't feel like being grateful is the times where gratitude will have the biggest change on you. Just taking a little bit of perspective, putting yourself back into that situation of feeling grateful, that's the quickest way to shift yourself from a negative downward sort of an energy to a positive energy, get back in tune with the universe, get your frequency vibrating in the right direction. And just by using a little bit of gratitude, we can put ourselves back in the right direction. No matter who you are or where you come from, we all have our own journey. For Oprah, her journey began in 1953 in Mississippi where she was conceived out of wedlock. There was a little frisky uh, union of two people one day that wasn't at all romantic and it brought about an unwanted pregnancy. Her mother was somewhat ashamed at what had happened so she concealed uh, her pregnancy literally until the day she was born. Nobody knew about it until Oprah popped out one day, which meant there was no baby showers, there was no anticipation, there was no delight. When little tiny baby Oprah popped out, she didn't see excitement and smiling faces of the expectant friends. All she saw was regret, hiding, and shame. She lived at her grandparents' house with her grandmother and grandfather, who were pretty just boring. They would have seen her, right? And, and she was the only kid for miles around hanging out with her grandparents. And looking back, she's a little bit sad that the people closest in the family just didn't see or realize what a sweet-spirited girl that she was back then. And it's a pretty heartbreaking childhood if you just you know look at that whole story there. Like Oprah, you two might have experienced things uh, in your upbringing that made you feel unworthy. But Oprah says that she knows for sure that healing the wounds of the past is one of the biggest and most worthwhile challenges of life. Uh, it's important to go back to know when and how you were programmed because by knowing when you were programmed and how you were programmed, you can actually change that program. And of course, that's nobody's responsibility except for you. It's, uh, she says one of the irrefutable laws of the universe that we are all each responsible for our own lives. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? I think a lot of the most successful people in the world that we've been lucky enough to read about a lot of them have had such painful upbringings and probably got every excuse to be a victim for how they've grown up, but all of them somehow managed to find a way just to take responsibility for their own lives and find power and meaning through all that suffering. She says, if you're holding anyone else accountable for your happiness, then you're just wasting your time. You must be fearless enough to give yourself the love that you didn't receive. A good starting point is just to begin by noticing how every day brings a new opportunity for your growth. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that uh, 
buried deep down, you might have these demons that just pop up in weird ways like, you know, you bury disappointments with your mother. It might just show up with arguments with your spouse or your unconscious feelings of unworthiness appear in everything you do and don't do. So, you know, our past experiences and our demons are really running the programs of how we're living in the present and they're going to dictate your future if you're not careful. Absolutely. We need to pay attention to all of these things and and actually start making choices. Don't make choices based on your conditioning from the past, but make choices about what sort of road that you want to pave for yourself in the future to keep moving on. When we're facing the world full on, every single challenge we face up to has the power to just knock us out, knock us to our knees. But what's more of an issue than being knocked to your knees is the fear that you won't be able to withstand the knocks that life's going to throw at you. Yeah, it's quite often not the thing itself that can knock us down, but just the fear that can knock us down. Just the uh, anticipation, the stress, the panic, thinking that things can go wrong, that's probably the thing that's going to stuff us up the most. Often if the ground is shifting beneath us, we panic, but instead, we just need to shift our stance. We need to regain our balance to be able to ride out those tremors. Yeah, when those hits come, just just cop it. I think she's, she's saying, just don't fear it. Just walk through and cop it. Life's going to throw it at you. And when you get pushed, you just adjust your footing to whatever life, life pushes against you. So we can stop stressing about the past or fearing what might happen in the future. And we can just bring ourselves back to the present. Because if we're living in the here and now, we're going to be better equipped to handle whatever shake-up life brings. For years, Oprah was hiding this secret that almost nobody knew about. From the age of 10 to the age of 14, she was sexually abused by a family member. And from there, when she was 14, she was uh, quite promiscuous because she figured that's how you were meant to operate in the world. And she became pregnant at the age of 14. She was so ashamed that this had happened. She hid the pregnancy until her doctor noticed one day. She stopped going to school and eventually she gave birth uh, in 1968 when she was 15 uh, and she had this baby but unfortunately the baby died in hospital a few weeks later. She went back to school. She told nobody what had happened. She was so scared that if anybody found out, she'd be expelled from school. She'd be shunned from her social circles. Nobody would want to talk to this girl who fell pregnant at 14. So she hid this the whole time for a very long time um, from the public and she's very successful. So, you know, some from the family, they probably had a deal behind closed doors, made a million bucks or something and broke the story to the tabloids and betrayed Oprah completely. She was thinking, how the hell could this person, my family member, do that? And, you know, one day she rocked up to work on a Monday morning and the news broke and it was everywhere along the tabloids. So she was beaten and scared And she had this unconscious program playing her whole life that when people find out about this, people will be pointing her finger at her and saying, pregnant at 14, you wicked, wicked loser. (laughs) Turned out that nobody actually said a thing. Uh, The people that she was friends with didn't judge her. They didn't uh, cut her out of her life. Strangers on the street, they didn't point and laugh. Nobody actually treated her differently whatsoever. For decades, she'd been hiding this deep down, expecting the worst possible reaction to come. Uh, and while she did feel betrayed that this had happened, she actually realized that, hey, there's nothing that, re- that can really take me down anymore. Every difficult moment like these ones has a silver lining and she soon realized that having this secret out that she's been hanging on to for so long was really liberating and she could now begin to start repairing the damage that was done to her spirit when she was a 14-year-old girl. All of those years up until that point, she'd put all the blame on herself and she was just carrying all this shame and it was a huge burden on her life. So, you know, when you've got nothing to be ashamed of, when you know who you are and what you stand for, you can really just stand in wisdom and power. Whenever Oprah is faced with a massive difficulty, she asks, 
What would I do if I wasn't afraid of making a mistake, feeling rejected, looking foolish, or being alone? If you can remove that fear, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of being rejected, the fear of being alone, the answer that you're searching for often comes into quite obvious focus. If you're removing the stresses of the past, removing the anxieties of the future, and you're just in the present, the answer quite often comes to you. Whenever you remove these fears and you see those hurdles and you play our forward anyway, you become open to learn from all sorts of challenges and this openness to learning and growth is the difference between succeeding and getting stuck in failure. The true measure of courage is not whether you reach your goal, it's whether you decide to get back on your feet no matter how many times you failed. It's not easy but it's something that we should know for sure that having the courage to stand up and pursue your wildest dreams, that's what will give you life's richest rewards and life's greatest adventure. It's pretty wild that no matter who you are or where you are, you're just that one single choice away from a new beginning, just choosing, just deciding to take the courage and stand up for what you want to do. Think back to a moment on your own history, not just where you were born or where you grew up, but the circumstances that contributed to you being right here and right now. What were the moments along the way that have really wounded you or scared you? Chances are you've had a few, everyone has their own stories, but what's remarkable is you're still here and you're still standing. A question we can always be asking ourselves at different moments in our life is how can I realize my potential more fully? And if you just answer that question to yourself, a lot of the time that means you have to change within yourself to realize more of your potential of what you could possibly be. And there's Different people say different things about change, but our old mate, Dr. Phil on the TV, he often says, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So before you can challenge your fear and begin changing yourself into this person who's going to be improved and better, you have to admit that perhaps you've always been afraid and perhaps this form of fear is a bit like slavery into being you know, a lesser version of yourself of what you could be. Another big quote is Neil Donald Walsh. He says that as long as you're still worried about what others think of you, you are owned by them. If you're always trying to please others, you're always going to be looking to somebody else and never deep within yourself. He says that only when you require no approval from outside yourself can you actually own yourself. When you summon the courage to cast a vote for yourself, when you dare to step out, if you speak up or if you're trying to change yourself or simply doing something outside of what others call just the norm or the status quo, the results, they're not always going to be pleasant. You can expect obstacles and fall down. Others might just call you a nut job. And of course, in those moments of, of weakness, sometimes that fear and that self-doubt can creep in, can cause you to falter, can often freeze you in your tracks, or you can get so exhausted on this struggle that you just want to quit and go back to where you started. But of course, the alternatives are worse. If you don't have a crack at things like this, you're probably going to find yourself stuck in some rut for you know, years at a time, for big stretches where you're stuck just exactly where you are and you aren't growing. Of course, if you're stuck in this rut, you're always going to be wondering, what would my life have been like if I hadn't cared about so much what other people thought? Yeah, you think about the two alternatives. One, you just try and fit in with everybody else and fit in with the status quo. You know, you get the comfort there. But if you think about the alternative and just cultivating the uniqueness that is you, even if you're going to get questioned sometimes and look like a bit of a bit of a just outside the norm, bit of a square peg in a round hole. If you think about that from, say, the, the end of your life, what are you going to regret more looking backwards? Are you going to regret fitting in with everyone or actually standing out and being the unique version of you? It's uh, 
not uh, a stretch to say that Oprah has really owned the second half of her life, but she says that in the first half, she wasn't really owning it. She was often outsourcing her power and giving her power to somebody else. She'd gone through some tough times, obviously, like we spoke about, but as a very religious woman, she had a lot of faith in God and she often prayed for better circumstances. When she was in her early 20s, she had a boyfriend that treated her poorly, but she prayed to God that things would improve, that he would get better. She was working for as a, as a babysitter. She was getting 50 cents an hour for a pretty horrible family, and she prayed to God that uh, he could improve her working conditions. Whenever she missed out on an opportunity for a new job, she told herself that she wasn't enough, so she prayed to God to say, please, God, make me better. She kept praying that things would change but things never got better. She prayed and prayed and prayed. She waited and waited and waited. All along, she was stuck in her same old patterns of behavior. Then one day, she woke up and she finally got it. She realized that all this time, she was waiting on God when in reality, God was waiting on her for her to start making the changes and taking the responsibility. He was waiting on her to make a decision to either pursue the life that was meant for her or just to be stifled by the one she was living. She recognized that she didn't need to outsource all her happiness to others or have a boyfriend to make her feel loved and worthy. She could start moving in the direction of the life that she wanted right now. Oprah's big advice to round this out is to move in the direction of your goals with all the force and verve you can muster. I don't know what verve is, but get some verve into you. That's all I know. Dream big, very big. Then work hard, very hard. And if life teaches us nothing else, we need to know this. Whenever you get a chance, go for it.